Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Board to Death binge cast. I am Jay Winger, being joined by Chris. See, and we are back for part two of our binge of Mobile Suit Gundam: The Whole Damn Saga. Back for part two of the original Mobile Suit Gundam series. Uh, when we left off after episode five, the white base and the Gundam had arrived on Earth, but in the wrong territory. So there's presumably going to be some drama related to that. Um, you know, I forgot to mention this in our last binge cast. One of the reasons I wanted to watch this series is because... I write in my spare time and I wrote a, a story based off one that a friend of mine online, uh, Alan Craig wrote way back in the day, his version of the story, very, very clearly Gundam inspired practically a ripoff in many, in many respects. Uh, and when he abandoned the story, I took some of the ideas that he had, he and I had discussed with it and made, tried to make the story different and, taken in its own way, but I suddenly realized I don't know a whole lot about the mech, mecha genre. In general or just Gundam? Well, Gundam, Gundam definitely in general with the, with the genre, but it's like, I, because Gundam is the one that almost everybody is going to think of when you, when you say mecha, you're most, most people are probably going to think of Gundam. Oh, what was that? Or Robotech. Yeah, Robotech is one of the well-known ones also. Yeah. But because of that, I figured I should probably watch the series so that I am aware of what the common tropes are and make sure that I don't rip off anything from Gundam. <laughs> so that's one reason I decided to do this. And if you're interested in reading the story, I will, put a, I will provide a link to the story, which I put up on Fiction Press a few years ago. Uh, so you can check it out. Um, but yeah, that's one reason I decided I should watch this series. So I have a question for you, though. Yes. Are you going to wait until you finish all of Gundam before you continue? Or 500 hours? I'm probably, you know, I've been working on, trying to work on the next installment of the of the story, but it's been stalled for a while. I've got a pretty good outline for it, but it's nothing, nothing for, for it is set in stone necessarily. Uh, I can always make adjustments to the, to a lot of it as, as and when, because it's not officially like published to, you know, make money yet. It's all, it's just up on a free, free website right now. It's essentially like your own mech series. Essentially. Basically. Yeah. Um, now another question for you is this, because uh, at some point in time, I don't know when, so this isn't entirely set in stone, but at some point we are going to binge Neon Genesis Evangelion, <laughs> the original one, uh, the one with the sucky two last episodes. Um, if we do that, are we going to go over the new one as well? We have to find out which streaming site has them. Yeah, um, but at any rate, you. But, but anyways, um, would you I, anything with, from that too? From Evangelion, possibly. From what I understand about Evangelion, it's a very different series. It's much more. It, I don't. I maybe I just I can't really say for certain, but 
We're going to give him the brain cancer. <laughs> well, like I said, uh, when we walk, whenever we do get to that, uh, I got to ask if we're not, we want to stick with the two last episodes, that the ones that got aired, or are we skipping to the, uh, the ones that were made, the ones that were supposed to have been made? Well, we'll tackle we'll tackle that we'll tackle that when we get to but, it. Like I said, we'll, like, you know, when we get to it, we'll get you know we'll eventually get to it. But yeah, yeah like uh, it's pretty much what you're telling me is we gotta throw a lot more mech stuff in this genre for us. That way we can give them. <laughs> well, we're doing that. We gotta do some big O in there as well. Well, there's one. That, big O is one that I is one that I would like to I would like to check out at one point. There, there's one that you two like that I want to check out. You know exactly what I'm about to say. Genlock. Oh, absolutely! Oh, okay. Yeah, Zeke and Zeke and I w- watched Genlock, and we like, and we both really enjoyed it. I know he did, especially, and I, I like, I love it. And, you know, and I love supporting uh, all of Rooster Teeth's animation projects. So, and I'm very much looking forward to Genlock season two. Hope it gets uh, gets put up on uh, HBO Max soon uh, when HBO Max launches next week. I mean, we're going to plug in this episode. Okay, also, we got HBO Max now. <laughs> we got my story. We've got Rooster Gen- Teeth. We got Genlock. Genlock. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chris hasn't seen hasn't seen Genlock. I think you might you might I, enjoy. I it. was told what it was like, and it has my interest right now, and I do want to watch it. And and that and your interest in it is not solely because it has uh, David Tennant in it. <laughs> no, it's based on Tally on who you told me of who all is in it mm-hmm. and who all was involved with, you know, making it and everything. And it turns out, you know, like, Oh, Hey, these actors are also huge yep. freaking geeks also. Uh, and you know, it, it, it'd be interesting to watch. Like lately I've been watching Code Geass, which is another, Mexican. another one that I, another one that I need to check out. Uh, Alan, uh, my friend Alan, he cites that as his all time favorite anime. So it, it has, it has a, it has a kind of, uh, unique take on mech suits mm. uh it's kind of hard to describe what it they're is they're more but, like exosuits because uh, well, i've seen like the first two episodes well no i'm talking about the ago. design oh the design uh think mechs uh the like mobile suits if they had what best way i can describe them are rollerblades on their feet mm, okay yeah and they can go on like train tracks hey if we're gonna do rollerblades you gotta do surfboards next i think that's been done no it has been done it's uh oh, oh god <laughs> I'm drawing a blank again. There was an anime where aliens were around, and there was a mecha surfboard who surfed the, the clouds, which looked like an acid trip kind of thing. It's kind of cool. Street sharks? No, there was actually an anime. Not oh, okay. The mech had a surfboard. I'll I have to look it up before we come back for the next... <laughs> I know it. I know it. Uh, yeah, or you can look it up while while we're binging yeah, or something. Like, well, yeah, before okay. we come back, I'll look it up. But, but we've been rambling now for uh, more than seven minutes, so we should probably just cut that now and get to the binge. So we'll be back. And we're back following the binge. Uh, finished out uh, disc one of Chris's copy of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. We'll pick up. And when it, do you still have, do you have the next disc already? Or? Yeah, it's two, okay. yeah, it's two discs. So. Okay, so but uh, so that'll be in the next binge when that comes along. But uh, so it's, it's some I, I like that they're still doing 
their part to like doing their work to show that the aftermath of these battles, you know, the civilians on board white base getting restless, being stuck on the ship all, all this time. Well, it doesn't help that a lot of them are old timers. Yeah. Uh, they're all old men. They are restless. They want to get off the ship, uh, because they are being tired of being cooped up on there. I don't want to know what's going through the you, mind of the lady. It's like, I want to go to a place where I grew up from. Where my, it's, yeah, where it's, my, it's, it's where her, uh, her, her husband, husband well, That makes sense, but does she think she's still going to be there? Yes. She, the, one, the war that's been happening for how long? Well, yeah. the thing is that I imagine that, you know, news on Earth from the war, like, hey, this town got blown up or wiped out. The city is the city got annihilated. I imagine a lot of times that's not going to reach the space colonies. Yeah, that'll be below the fold if it even um, makes the front page. <laughs> especially if it's like a small town, like a village. It's yeah. Nobody's really going to care about it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, as you were saying, old men, you know, people getting tired of being cooped up and getting restless and staging protests. Does that sound familiar? Very. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> But, I mean, but it was, you know, peaceful ones. They're like, we just want to talk to the captain. Yeah, they staged a little sit-in, you know, on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. And some of them did manage to finally get let off the ship, you know, but they still have a lot of civilians on board White Base. They keep making that plane that even though, yeah, we evacuated a bunch, there's still more. <laughs> yeah, so. but I don't, I don't think they ever really said what happened to the colony. I think it was just badly damaged because of the battle. Yeah, well, it did get uh, I know they did blow a hole in the side of it, so that probably caused some atmospheric leakage. Yeah. But um, regardless, but uh, again, I like that they're still showing that. You know, they uh, they touched on on it in one episode the, with the war fatigue that mm-hmm. Amaro is feeling from constantly having to be sent out into battle. Yeah, a lot of people will probably look at it and like, oh, why is Amaro being a whiny little bitch? He's tired. He is fighting one battle after another. And, um, yeah, and they point out, it's like, well, and Ryu points out, you, we're relying on him too much. <laughs> um, in fact, I think uh, when I was kind of showing, where my dad saw a little bit of, you know, what he was going through, and he said, yeah, that's war fatigue. My dad, my dad uh, it was a Marine back in the 60s, he did a tour in Vietnam, and so he probably he probably saw a lot of it. Whether or not he experienced that himself, I never asked. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, they uh, they're showing that, and, you know, and they're also showing some of the other uh, fighters in the in the f- white base getting well, mostly with Kai getting uh, frustrated because Amaro gets all the attention, but then Kai is just a jerk face uh something of a glory hound he wants some of the recognition for himself yeah two I'm, jerks I'm, in the ship i'm yeah. not gonna say where this came from uh but uh when amuro first arrived at that colony with his dad uh the school that amuro went to kai was one of the students there mm. along with hayato right. and kai was actually a bully no kidding. <laughs> he was a bully to Amuro because he didn't like the fact that, you know, it was the typical thing where the bully's jealous of the smart kid because he's getting the good grades and everything. He gets the recognition. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Kai's not really getting anything. And it's funny because when he finally gets into his first battle, 
inside of a mobile suit, he panics and wastes <laughs> all of his ammo. I liked that. I liked that too. I like that they're showing reality in suits. <laughs> yes, this might be this show might be dealing with space battles and you know fantastic technology like the like the Gundam. But they still try to keep it grounded in reality. Yeah, well, that was the intention by Tomino when he did this, was he wanted to keep it as close to real, like, you know, realism as possible. So, and, it, and, you know, and it shows with all this stuff, you know, it's like they don't have bottomless magazines. They, you know, there are there's war fatigue. There's the civilians caught in the middle who don't want to be on a battleship that's constantly being under attack. Yeah. Um, they're, they're showing their work with, with that, you know, and I, and I definitely appreciate that they're going to those lengths to do it. I do wonder how much research they have. Cause a lot of this stuff is talking about battle, um, situations and what the strategies would be. Mm. So like, we're like, Oh yeah, you want to go this low so we can do this and do this. There's a lot of battle stuff like that. Yeah. They, and they discuss some of the, the strategies that they're going for and other and then the other side will recognize what the will recognize shortly shortly into it. Be like, oh, this is what the plan is. Char especially is constantly doing that. He constantly seems to suss out what their what the white base's strategy is, is meant to be. He's he's been Char has been doing this kind of stuff for quite some time. Like yeah. he, like even before the events of the show take place, he was doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which you, well, yeah, because he's got, he's got that reputation going for him, mm-hmm. you know, the red comet and so on. Kind of a little bit of spoiler if I'm curious with this question though. What? Is Sean you type? No, okay. he is just, he's just that good. He's just that smart. Yeah. Um, Amaro is a new type. Um, he's one of them. Not yet, though. He hasn't woken up yet. Yeah, no, no. His, his abilities haven't awoken yet. Uh, they they awaken later on. Um, well, that's something for me to look forward for, um, for me to look forward I, to. I, you I, mentioned I will t- I will the whole you, new type thing, but I, I don't know the specifics. I'll figure it out when we get there. But um, one of the I, like how I laughed a little earlier. was like, you must be a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can tell you this right now. Uh, the most powerful new type uh, so far in the universal century is uh, Camille Bidon in Zeta Gundam. He's actually the most powerful one. Hmm. Um, but I, it's been a while since I've seen Zeta, so it's, I, I don't remember how he was the most powerful one. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, and Char, he, you know, granted, yeah, he is greatly skilled as a pilot, uh, and he also knows how, he's also a great strategist, too. Yeah. Very much. I mean, we saw that in episode 10, uh, right as we were closing the binge. He's a magnificent bastard. (laughs) He completely set up Garma, uh, who is like this rival of his from school. Yeah, they were were sort of friends, but Char clearly didn't like him that much. (laughs) Char has a secret agenda. I'm not going to go into it because that's going to spoil things. Mm. Doesn't every mega bad guy have a secret agenda? Well, he has... There's there's an exact reason why he has his own agenda. I'm not gonna say why, um, but like I said, as the show goes on, you you learn why he has this agenda against the Zabi family. Hmm. Um, 
but this is like the first time we really see that he's got that agenda. Pre prior to this, yeah, okay, he sort of clashed with Garma about on on stuff, but they were still working together. Mm-hmm. But it was in episode ten it finally sort of came came to the front that he's like, oh, I see a perfect opportunity to remove this asshole from <laughs> from my, from my path and. It, and Garma completely falls for it because he doesn't expect it to happen. You gotta love the cockiness of him. As you're dying, I shall communicate and rub it in your face. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's what put it over the top for me, that he's just a complete magnificent yeah, bastard. Yeah, and he, t- he tells uh, Garma, blame this on, on your... the luck of your birth. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're for your father or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. These last five episodes have been a lot more humanizing than anything else. Mm. Yeah, like you see... Uh, one of the civilians that they drop off, like going back to the woman who wanted to take her like four-year-old son to the place where her husband was born, um, she when they finally get there, now mind you, uh, they had to basically tell the Zeons like, hey, we have civilians that we need to drop off that we want to that we want to let off the ship. <laughs> so they sent a like a plane to go and keep an eye on them. And they see that the transport ship has a hole blown into it. Um, they actually take a look inside one of the windows, and they do see the civilians in there. And when they did this fake crash landing uh, and let the civilians out, um, well, w- one of the pilots on this Xeon plane also looked one of the windows sees this woman and her young child, and the kid is sitting there waving at the pilot. And he's like, oh, look. And they wave back at the kid, and it's like, Oh, see, they're not all horrible monsters killing yeah. people and whatever. Yeah. I suppose the favorite is the wink. The, the, I guess wink by the female character. Oh, yeah, he starts blushing. He's like, oh, she winked at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, his co-pilot, yeah. Yeah, the old man Big John, I think, was his, was his name. Just sort of gives him this look like, you dumb idiot. Because <laughs> he, he, he squints at him. While well, he's like, sitting there blushing like, oh. He, he's, he, he, he just he, looks at him so like... What is wrong with you? <laughs> I would say that out of that whole episode, my favorite part was those two not dying. Yes. Yes, I, that would have, honestly, that would have killed everything for that episode because um, when the uh, White Base crew are essentially flying back on these jetpacks back to White Base because they had to abandon this ship of theirs, uh, this transport ship, they flew back to that woman and child to drop off a supply capsule. Uh, because they had separated from the rest of the civilians. Yeah. Um, and, you know, none, like even Amuro, who was in the Gundam watching this, wasn't expecting that. He thought it was a bomb. He even aimed the, his beam rifle at it and everything. And when he saw the parachute pop out of it, and then when it landed and popped open, a bunch of supplies fell out. Mm. He was like, oh, oh, I wasn't, yeah, I was not he, expecting this. Mm-hmm. And,. He still ends up having to shoot down uh, the Xeon plane, mostly because the plane spotted him and started an open fire. Yeah, so, if it wasn't for his one eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah glints. Amuro even said, you know, I wish you didn't see me. Yeah. And he shoots them down. They try to take control of the plane, try to at least get as close to the ground as possible, and end up doing a nosedive <laughs> into a lake where they swam away. Mm-hmm. And the next time you see them is they're sitting there with that woman and her son and she's bandaging them up and they're watching the explosions from the nearby battle saying, Oh, I wonder who's going to walk away from this. And she says, 
and this goes with any other battle, whether it's movie, TV mm-hmm. show, real life, it doesn't matter who wins. There's going to be uh, wives without husbands and children without fathers now. Yep. I would say it's kind of ironic. They drop off medical supplies, stuff like that for them. And they ended up using said medical supplies on themselves. Well, they didn't. They they, they didn't think they were gonna get shot down right yeah. there because they just saw. It was like, okay, you know. If it hadn't, if and if they and if they hadn't spotted the glint off of uh, the Gundam's eye, they would have just flown back to their flown back to their home base or whatever. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Um. So, amongst the episodes that you've seen so far, which one would you say is your favorite? I would probably have to go with that ep- that episode right there, the Winds of War, uh, with the with the mother and child and all, yeah. and all that, because uh, it coming comes down to humanizing all sides of of everything, not just you know giving the protagonist side you know that humanization, but the antagonist side as well, because it sort of reminds you they're not all mustache twirling villains. There are genuine people in there who are just doing this because love of their country or or whatever and they're not doing it just because they want to kill and destroy things mm-hmm. and the we got more of that humanization stuff in uh episode 10 with garma you know we get a whole lot more insight into his into his motivations and his character and then they immediately kill him off in the same episode we didn't have the romeo and juliet story oh the romeo and juliet with uh, him and uh, him and Isolina. Yeah. one dies they both got that apparently yeah because the because the closing because like the next time when the, yeah the the, the, uh, the preview for the next episode kind of kind of spoilery on its own well it's like Amro finds uh, finds a woman pointing a gun at him. <laughs> who will survive? <laughs> it's gun like versus the mech. Gun versus Gundam. Who will win? Gundam. Gundam will win. <laughs> Gundam is. I don't. I don't. I don't know how you guys are gonna feel with that next episode. With... <laughs> so here he is also. trying to spoil us on it. <laughs> no, no, no. That's just that's as far as I'm gonna say because I want I want to see how you guys react to it. Yeah. For some um, reason, I thought she was the pilot of the very big, big mech suit that we see in the games that we played, and then that dies due to Amro, but it's not her, because she doesn't no, have purple hair. No, I know who you're talking about, and that's, uh, that's Char's. Mm. Going back to um, showing their work and everything, you mentioned mentioned it, I, I don't remember if it was in the first part of this, uh, but right as we were getting started, you pointed out that the design of the, of the colony, that the colonies yes. is uh, actually based on, an, on a legitimate thing, on, uh, on a legitimate design. You know, okay, so... Now, right? Yeah, um, he's pulling it up on his phone. I did jot it down after it's, you showed it to me. It's called an O'Neill cylinder. It's called an O'Neill cylinder. I'm reading this off of Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, it's actually, um, a space settlement concept proposed by American physicist Gerard K. O'Neill in his 1976 book, The High Frontier, Human Colonies in Space. O'Neill proposed the colonization of space for the 21st century using materials extracted from the moon and later from asteroids. And the way you see them designed in Gundam, or in case anybody who hasn't seen the original one and you've seen... Uh, Gundam Seed, the colony from the very first episode of that one, that's how they look, where they have 
They're the giant cylinders. They have uh, the three mirrors outside that redirect sunlight. Yeah, into the solar the panels planet. sort of thing. No, they're mirrors. Oh, that's all they are. Is they're mirrors. Oh, makes and they're sense. Used, and makes you know sense. when they want for nighttime, they just they just close. And to uh, create artificial gravity is they have a slow rotation going. Yep. Uh, you see that a lot in uh, in various sci-fi things where they're not going to just do full-on artificial gravity. They yeah, have some... Trek. There's always a way somewhere spinning to make gravity. Yeah. I, I just rewatched it again last night, but in The Martian, the Hermes spacecraft that they used... Yeah, that get, was a part of it that was spinning. That was a part of it that was spinning, which was like the main habitat ring, as it were, of the, of the ship. And yeah, it was rotating to uh, provide some something resembling gravity. Um, but yeah, and then you have like the three, because along with where the solar panel, the solar panels, the mirrors are at, are best way I can now. describe big ass windows. Mm. Um, but the parts you know where the civilians and stuff are at, they look like you know they're green. They have trees. Mm. They yep. have cities. Houses, whatever, essentially the same full thing. on simulated landscape kind yeah, of thing. That's base. That's exactly how it is. Um, now you see another space colony type here, and that's the one where the uh, uh, Soto Zabi is held up at, um, where it's completely closed off. Like there's, they don't have the mirrors, but it has everything else in it. Mm. So it has one? artificial sunlight. Is that the one with the guy who dropped the cane? Yes. yes. Okay. The sovereign of uh, Zeon. We're calling the king of Zeon right now. Sure. Um, but, Suddenly, I realized after seeing him at the end of that is he was the portrait that I spotted and spotted earlier in the episode that I called Zavala because the color colorization he on the, a blue face. he had a very blue face in that in that portrait. Hold your breath while we take this picture. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> we are such idiots sometimes, <laughs> but it's like I got, I definitely broke you when I said that in the in the episode. <laughs> Zeke Zeke starts 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 snickering to himself. He's I like, hear your voice it. in my head. I need more grenades. No, that's Shax. Ah, I'm talking about uh, the one voiced by Lance Riddick. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there whether is... we wanted it or not, we stepped into a war with the the Cabal on Mars. <laughs> so yeah, there is some actual science in this show, um... and I appreciate that they they're not going full on in explaining it all but they're putting it putting it well, there and the biggest you know one, the there. biggest one that he did there because Amuro was granted yeah the first time you see he gets in the Gundam it's in the um, it's in the colony yes yeah, and seven. then after that the all the fighting all like the bigger fighting that he does is all in space and when he gets to earth the first battle that he has the Gundam practically crashes into the ground because he's not used to fighting with gravity he's he not knows. used to fighting I'm with fine. earth's gravity earth's gravity or atmosphere either yeah because out in space it's a vacuum you don't have the friction of uh atmosphere possibly slowing you down either um so yeah you definitely see that a lot like the first time kai <laughs> left, it left the white base in the uh the gun cannon it lands on all fours <laughs> yep and he's, and he's shooting like, his cannons while he's he is a cannon wreck so he is using the cannon to full effect no no remember when he when uh he was he, down on all fours while his cannons were shooting no, no, off when, that he, when he first left the white base uh-huh. and he, he just he the suit kind of like Jumps out. Face plants. <laughs> essentially face plants into the ground. <laughs> yep. And and the gun cannon is supposed to be like an armored tank almost. Kind of uh, not like the gun tank, but yeah. it's like it's got the most armor yeah. to it. it Makes like, sense given that it's a, a tank. <laughs> yeah, and Kai's just like, 
hey, I landed. <laughs> that wasn't a yeah. That wasn't a land. That was a crash. I do have one question. Has the gun tank actually uses cannon arms? I mean, he uses the cans, but you don't see his arms. Yeah, you, uh, just I there. think in one of the first battles it was in, it was actually doing it, but it was. Um, you do, you do eventually see it. It's on uh, one of the episodes of the next disc. Is when they introduce a character named Ramba Rawl, uh, who's another Zeon pilot. He's another one of the Ace Zeon pilots, um, and. Uh, yeah, you do see the gun tank doing that, and it's when it's with Hayato and Amaro in it again, because okay. Amaro is trying to prove a point using the gun tank. <laughs> Anything gun, I can drive it. Um, is it is it Gundam technology? Then I can pilot it. <laughs> um, but it, it, what's funny is, uh, you know, sell toys. Model kits and all yep. that. Uh, they start uh, later on. They started making these new the these new things that the Gundam can connect to, in terms of like you know when it doesn't need the legs. Yeah, well, they and they even acknowledge that in uh, in the episodes we watched that uh, Garma realized that the that the mold, that the Gundam is essentially a modular thing. Yeah, that there's the core fighter. And that can plug into essentially the main Gundam body, or it can plug into the tank, or it can plug into. See, that's something that I I kind of wish that we that had happened was like the let's say the legs for the Gundam were damaged, and it wasn't able to connect with like the uh, the gun cannon's legs, which are a lot bigger, mind you, because again they're more heavily armored. Connected to the gun tank's treads. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to build a gun tank Gundam? Of Gundam body and gun tank legs. Yes, with the treads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I see where you're going with this. I like that. I like that idea too. Um, I just want to know what happens when you put the gun tank core in the Gundam core. Does it work? Probably. Are we Are we talking about the uh, the top half? No, the flying half. The flying half can be attached. Like there, those are multi-purpose. They can be attached. The core to- fighter can plug into any of those things. Yeah. That's why it's that, called the core fighter. They, they've only put blue of blue, red of red. They haven't mixed them up yet. So I'm like, mm. No, they're both the same color. They're both red and white with the blue tip where the cockpit is. I think he's right. I swore I saw a red plane and a blue plane. The, you, there was probably an animation error, or is because like one was like further up close to like the viewer, and one was more. I in, would like, I would probably go more with animation error based on the just the. The time period of when this was made, and, hey, the, I, and I, the general style of it. I did spot a few animation errors. Like at one point in time, when you see like the side of the Gundam, the uh, the chin, which is supposed to be red, was white. Uh, there was a scene, and I, I didn't know if the, either of you caught it, but it was when uh, Amor was first in the gun tank, and they had to go back inside White Base. When he was getting out of the gun tank, the body that he was getting out of was the Gundam. <laughs> I do think I. Saw it, but didn't really, it didn't really click until just now. But yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, that sort of about sums up everything I've got for this bin for this binge cast. You guys have anything else you want to add? We should probably mem- name that anime that I was trying to talk about earlier. That's oh yeah, that's right. So who wants to pronounce this? I can't say to save my life. Eureka Seven. There you go. We'll just call it that because. That's how it's spelled. That's how it's supposed to be pronounced. I don't care what the Japanese, how the Japanese butcher it. It's Eureka Seven. <laughs> you just made the Japanese crowd that we listen to. 
Apologies to any of the Japanese people. Yes, we apologize to our Japanese listeners, both of you. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) Apologies in advance if we end up becoming more popular and we do get more more listeners in Japan. We are not really that, that racist or... Or big jerks. Well, we are that big of a jerks, but we're not racist. We're the, we're the fun jerks. Yes. We're the ones that can make you laugh and offend you at the same time, and you'll still love us. Or we hope you'll still love us. But uh, that about sums it up, I, I'd say. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, uh, all right, so quick question for the, both of you, since I know, again, this is the first time that you two are watching this one. I already know what happens because I've watched this over and over again. Uh, is there anything that you're hoping to see? Hmm. I mean, I don't really have any real expectations because I don't, I'm not familiar with, with it to that extent. So I'm just, I'm along for the ride and see, see where this goes. I want to see the big mechs. I know they're coming. <laughs> you, I've you, seen the game. I know they're coming. You, you want the mobile armors. I want those big boys. <laughs> I want the big boy with the two legs that looks like a crab that shoots a cannon. A major laser death. Giant enemy crab. Best, uh, Big Zom. Yeah, I want, I want big boys. Because <laughs> Zeke that, is a big boy. That, that one <laughs> Those are the only Gundams that will fit Zeke. I can't fit in that small gun. Give me that big boy right there. <laughs> no, that one does show up later on. Um, but, so you just want to see, you just like the mobile oh, I just want, I want the toys. I want the cool toys. We all want the cool toys. I want more Gundams. I want, I want to see the gun ball. I think the gun ball might be in this franchise. You mean the ball? Yeah, yeah the, the ball. The ball. Yeah, it is. I, I want, I want to see the little Zaku version of the ball because I think there's one of those. No, I want to see all the mechs. There's, there's your answer. All the mechs. Because Zeke loves him his mechs. Which is one reason why when he heard about Genlock, he was 100% down for it. Because it was mechs. You remember at uh, MAGFest a couple years ago when they had those mech pods? You got the most excited. Oh, yeah. The, the, oh, those things. I remember. Yes. Uh, if we ever get a chance to go back to MAGFest, we're going to do that now. It was Three Man Squad. It let's was, go. It, it was fun. And uh, apparently... Uh, one of our roommates was watching it, and he knew which one was in which suit. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, you and Zeke were practically duking it out for the like the number one spot. It was like one of you was <laughs> number two, and then number two went back to number one, and so forth and so forth. And I think I ended up taking the number one spot. We saw we saw to see each other. I think we saw going after each other constantly. <laughs> I still have pictures of those. Those things are awesome. Yeah. It was. <laughs> So, but yeah, I think that about wraps it up for this, for this week's binge cast. We'll be coming up on about 35 minutes. So good length. Yeah. So, uh, if there are, which, so tell us which, uh, Gundam series is actually your favorite, or, you know, Mex Mex franchise is your favorite one. Which one is your favorite, uh, Gundam series? Whether Gundam series, Mex series, this whatever. Is yeah. Let, <laughs> too many. But, uh, so yeah, let us know what, what your favorite is down in the comments. Uh, we will, we do read the comments, uh, uh, or at least I do, but, uh, so for Zeke and Chris, I'm Jay, and we'll see you at our next binge.